You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. A half century ago, when Dr. Mason Soans first performed cardiac angiography, coronary artery disease was felt to be primarily a plumbing problem. Imaging was used to identify occluded vessels or to characterize the degree of severity of stenotic lesions. The studies that were performed produced luminograms, which were depictions of flow through the vessel. In the intervening 50 years, we have come to understand that coronary artery disease is much more a disease involving the wall of the vessel itself. While flow is still important, we are now challenged to devise new methods to assess the relative health of the vessels themselves. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Larry Kaskill, your host. Joining me today is Dr. Mark Carvlin, Managing Director of Intellectual Capital Development Company. ICDC provides professional services to assist clients in the healthcare industries to develop and market more valuable products through product and technology assessments, strategic planning, project management, design, execution of sales and marketing programs, and, of course, raising capital. Dr. Carvlin, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dr. Caskill. I was wondering if you could describe some of the technological improvements that actually have occurred in the last 10 years. Well, it's quite a lengthy list. I I won't go through it all, but this has been quite an exciting decade for medical imaging and in no specialty more than in cardiology and and cardiovascular medicine. The techniques that are are used primarily, one is ultrasound-based echocardiography, The other are uh, nuclear medicine techniques, uh, single photon emission computed tomography, or SPECT. Also, uh, positron emission tomography, PET scanners are being used more and more frequently uh, in cardiovascular medicine. We've got magnetic resonance imaging used not as frequently, but still uh, with a uh, a role to play. And there is the old uh, stalwart uh, X-ray-based imaging I think everyone is familiar with coronary angiography, uh, a trip to the the cath lab, which involves an X-ray source, an X-ray detector, and the administration of a radio-opaque contrast agent. And uh, finally, there is a renaissance in another X-ray-based technique called uh, computed tomography, sometimes also referred to as computed axial tomography, CT, or CAT scanning. So that's sort of our armamentarium. It's quite impressive, uh, and it's being used day in and day out by uh, cardiologists as well as radiologists to help manage cardiovascular diseases. So it sounds like we picked a pretty good time, a very exciting time, to be involved in this disease state. Yes, very definitely. And this is uh, good news for physicians, but most particularly uh, good news for the patients uh, who they serve. Uh, we now have uh, the possibility of detecting cardiovascular disease years in advance of a catastrophic event. And this then uh, leaves open many more opportunities for effective management and uh, prevention of a good deal of morbidity and mortality. Elucidate for our audience some of the limitations of angiograms because there are many people who think a normal angiogram means no disease. Yes. uh, Time was when the report came back uh, that there was uh, virtually no stenosis, that is that the vessel uh, was patent, it was open, and there was good blood flow, that people were assured of good cardiac health. Now, the statistics would argue against that because even today with all 
of the therapies that we have available to us. In more than 50% of uh, instances, the first presentation of cardiac disease is sudden death, which is a very dramatic presentation. And uh, this has challenged us to look more deeply into the pathobiology of coronary artery disease. So it isn't simply a, a disease that tends to occlude the flow in the vessel, but now we understand coronary artery disease to involve the wall of the vessel itself. The vessel is uh, a living entity that has a number of uh, essential components and, and layers within it, and it is uh, subject to a regular onslaught of environmental factors that can lead to disease, such as elevated uh, cholesterol, LDL cholesterol in particular, other environmental factors such as the byproducts of uh, tobacco smoke or other environmental pollutants. So we need to be able to uh, investigate the health of the vessel and the wall of the vessel itself. So the imaging techniques that uh, we've been talking about, uh, such as CT, are providing remarkable novel insights because they enable us to look inside of the wall. So let's dive into that vessel wall, or the, let's become endotheliologists for a moment. The, the endothelium actually is the largest organ in the body. Most people used to think it was the epidermis, but it actually is the endothelium, the ignored organ. Let's talk a little bit about how we are using any of these varied menus of potential diagnostic tests to to look at our patients today. What should we be using besides angiography? We should be using, uh, as a, a first order, uh, the latest versions, uh, the most advanced uh, instruments of CT. I think that the uh, current generation of, of CT scanners uh, provides, for the first time really, uh, a non-invasive method of evaluating the health or the disease of the entire coronary artery tree, uh, from the largest vessels down to the uh, most distal and, and smallest portions. So we can visualize the entire tree and look in cross-section uh, through the various layers of uh, the vessel, starting with the endothelium and working through the intima and get an appreciation of whether there are lipid deposits, atheromas, or plaques within the wall itself. And uh, as you said, the underappreciated but still very considerable organ, the endothelium, is an active biological surface. And it is engaged in a number of regulatory uh, functions but it also is involved in an ongoing process of uh, repair when presented with a number of different injuries, such as those that are presented by elevated LDL cholesterol. So the uh, endothelium absorbs the excess cholesterol, and it is contained within the wall of the vessel itself, kind of as a small abscess uh, is one way of thinking of it. 
There are other cells within the wall, such as phagocytic cells, macrophages, that come to uh, gobble up the LDL and the oxidized LDL. And all of a sudden, you have, over a considerable period of time, really, a large amount of, of uh, cholesterol in the wall. And the endothelium then tries to lay down a fibrous cap in order to contain all of that cellular debris as well as the uh, cholesterol itself. And all of that occurs as the vessel lumen, cross-sectional area, blood flow, um, is preserved. So again, just having a, a patent vessel is not the same as being free of disease. You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Kaskill, and I'm with Dr. Mark Carvlin discussing the use of medical imaging to diagnose and manage cardiovascular disease. Mark, we're talking about uh, CT angiography, and it is a great technology, but of course, like any other technology, it does have its limitations. The cardiologists that I have talked to or interviewed are very hesitant to jump on board. They just do not want to let go of their angiograms just yet, and they like to point out all of the imperfections of CT angiography. Where do you stand on that? Okay, well, I can well appreciate the concerns of a cardiologist to relinquish a technique that has been in use and been refined over the last 50 or 60 years. Not to mention they have a financial interest in it. There is a financial interest as well that underscores the long-held association of cardiologists and catheter. Uh, But I I think there is real benefits to cardiologists and real benefits to patients in uh, CT and and CT angiography. One thing to consider is that CT is an X-ray-based technique, and there is radiation associated with Uh, conducting the examination. So it's not something that is entirely without risk, but the current state of the art provides images that are comparable to those that are uh, acquired using the standard uh, coronary angiography in in the cath lab. But, you know, I'm under the impression that they're actually better in that you can visualize soft plaque, whereas in an a regular angiogram, you cannot see that. Yes, Dr. Pascal, that's a very good point, and that is that uh, CT does provide you a view inside of the, the wall of the vessel, something that is entirely absent from standard catheter-based angiography. So would you say it is actually a three-dimensional recreation as compared to an angiogram which is two-dimensional? Yes, absolutely. Uh, standard angiography is a projection, a, a, a 2D evaluation. It has its strengths, including temporal resolution. It's a real-time technique, spatial resolution, submillimeter visualization, and it is very well established and it is widely available. But CT really is a more evolved imaging technique. It's uh, volume-based, not projection-based, so that uh, you can acquire, using some of the -the state-of-the-art scanners, the entire volume of the heart in a single rotation of the scanner, so in under a second. Uh, And then all of those data are uh, reconstructed in various uh, 
projections so that you can actually trace the entire course of individual coronary arteries and look for several different uh, hallmarks of disease. One is, is the vessel patent, or is there a narrowing or a stenosis? Two, is there deposition of uh, calcium? And this is uh, associated with the later stages of atherosclerosis, where plaques have actually evolved a, a very solid component. And finally, the presence of soft plaque, which is a an earlier form of uh, atherosclerosis. Mark, I'd like to thank you for coming on the show today and talking a little bit about the new technology available for diagnosing coronary artery disease. I'm Dr. Larry Haskell, your host, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.